You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It is our Big 12 Super Friends, the Wednesday night roundtable that we do. Uh, I am Josh Neighbors, Locked On Big 12. To my right on the screen, it is Jake Hatch of Locked On Cougars. To the right of him, it is uh, Linda Godfrey, uh, the host of Locked On Pokes. Below her, it is Stephen Simcox. He is the host of Locked On Horn Frogs. Then to the left of Stephen is John Williams. He is the host of Locked On Sooners. Uh, so much happened in, in the last week. Um, it was an excellent week. And, and really, let's just start with the with the Big 12 power rankings. Um, th- I made them and I didn't I didn't seem to have attached them into the into the clip. So we're just gonna, we're just going to go off the cuff right here. All right, friends, the Big 12 power rankings. Number one, we have to go with Oklahoma. John, I'll pitch it to you here and let you kind of elaborate. But uh, there's no way anybody else besides Oklahoma could be number one. By hook or by crook, whatever whatever way they have to do it, uh, Oklahoma has gotten the job done this year and another win this week. They just win. You and I talked about it yesterday in our show, a variety of ways they find a win. Yeah, they've won every single way that you can imagine uh, in 2021 so far. 6-0 to start the season. Got got the biggest win of the season thus far against their their hated rival, the Texas Longhorns, in an improbable fashion. I've written so many pieces this week for Sooners Wire where I've used the words improbable, thrilling, unexpected excite i mean i i've run out of adjectives to describe that win it was incredible to watch my wife she's an alum of the team of, of the school and i mean we were running around the living room just like pumping fists and high-fiving almost did some chest bumps but i'm a little too old for that uh but man it was it was incredible to watch and just a lot of fun yeah and you know the, the question is all right who's number two and actually a quick piece of person right there boom there are your rankings all right, so Linda, uh, I'll go to you next. I have the Oklahoma State Cowboys at number two. Now, um, I've you know, John. First, before I get to Linda, where'd you put Oklahoma State this week for you? I know you uh, they stated they were they were two for me last week. They were mm-hmm. two again this week. Yeah, so Linda, um, now they're number two, and they actually didn't have to do much to get it. They just took a week off. I, I think here's the, here's the upshot for me on this is that they are undefeated too, but. I mean, Texas has a horrible defense. They have a really, really bad defense. That's kind of the bottom line. And I think Oklahoma State, like for as much as their offense has struggled, they're a bit more well-rounded than Texas is. And I know people are saying, well, it was a great effort. The offense is so explosive. Yeah, but they're still 4-2, and two, and, and Oklahoma State's undefeated. Well, I'm just glad to know I could wear you guys down after like <laughs> seven weeks. It didn't even take that much effort. But I agree. I think Oklahoma State's defense is – I think Oklahoma State's defense is the best in the Big 12. I think they can hang with any of the offenses, including Texas, which we'll see this weekend. Um, but I, I'm glad to see them at number two. I, I don't think that there's any argument that they shouldn't be. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and now we get the matchup this week between uh, between Texas – and Oklahoma State, which is we'll, we'll get to in a little bit. Um, 
Coming up this week, Jake, for the BYU Cougars, it is the Baylor Bears who are checking in at number three in my power rankings after a uh, comprehensive win. I mean, that, that's the best an offense has looked this year against West Virginia's defense. I will say this. This is a weird – this game is actually between two teams who like to do kind of the same things, right? Like the last week, Baylor threw the ball a lot. But kind of winning at the line of scrimmage is what both BYU and Baylor hope to do on both sides of the ball. So it's exciting one this week. And uh, I would say BYU's will probably be around that three, four, five rank right now in the big 12. Well, that's the funny thing is you would imagine that maybe some of these guys work together. Oh wait, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Eric Mateos moving over from BYU this past Eric Mateos and Jeff Grimes, excuse me, moving over from BYU to Baylor this past week. We've already heard from Aaron Roderick and Elisa Tuiaki, the offensive and defensive coordinators here in Provo at BYU have already said this week they have to change up all of their signals in terms of signaling and plays, all that stuff, because Mateos, mm. they know exactly what BYU does. And I guarantee the Baylor on offense in particular is going to do the exact same thing because if you try and signal it in like normal, it's the exact same deal. So BYU will be able to intercept that. So very interesting matchup. And the loss for BYU against Boise State, not a good loss, but when you turn, mm. the, turn the ball over four times, it's going to be hard to win any football game, it feels like. Yeah, and their and their offense really struggled there in that second half. They couldn't get the running game going, and that's 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 big for both these teams. You know, Abram Smith and uh, it's it's pronounced Algier, correct? Algier is that Algier? Yeah, Tyler Algier. Yeah, yeah Algier. That's those two guys. You know, they they want to get them established, and I think I, I think this game probably ends up being low scoring just because of the familiarity, right? Is that is that kind of where you're at? Yeah, the, these two teams, they're very familiar. The offenses, there's going to be no secrets between these two. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think both these defenses will be well-prepared for the opposing offense, and I think it's going to be more of a grinder-type game where it's just that it maybe it's, it gets into the high teens, low 20s for the winning team, really. And then, Stephen, next to you, so I, I had – I have to make a call, but I buried TC way too far down the power rankings before. Um, they <laughs> – they ran the ball all over Texas Tech this week. I mean, Zach Evans had 100 yards in the first quarter, I think. Maybe he, he, he clips that did. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he got whoever he wanted. And he was the best player on the field. That's kind of the, the big story there. And it sets up a really intriguing matchup this week. Um, I would say here's, the, here's, here's where I'm at. I wonder where you are, dude. If TCU's defense was a little bit better, a little bit better. I'd feel comfortable taking them with that 11 and a half, but their defense is not, hasn't shown me enough yet, but they're trending in the right direction after last week. They are. Yeah. Kind of a, a bizarre scenario given the history of the program, but the defense has struggled a ton. Uh, they didn't necessarily show a lot of promise against Texas Tech. I mean, held the Red Raiders to 10 points in the first half, but uh, you know, then Texas Tech was able to get some things going. But, yeah, the running game was fantastic. And this is something that they did, you know, last year towards the end of the season against teams that were sort of in the bottom half of the league, which was just essentially take the ball out of Max Duggan's hands and kind of maul everybody. Uh, I can't see them, you know, succeeding much if they only pass the ball ten times against Oklahoma. Um, we also got some – Weird espionage going on today. Gary Patterson suddenly said Max Duggan's questionable. Don't really know what's going on there. What the hell was that? This dude, every single week, says something that we talk about. Every single week. They had a Yeah, baby. He is our Twitter king every week. When did they win? Yeah, he really delivers. 
I watched that game content. pretty closely. It mm-hmm. is content, but I watched the game pretty closely. Where do they, where do these injuries occur? Occur, Stephen? I didn't see them. I don't know. I mean, Quentin Johnston was one of the guys listed. He was out last week, and I, right. I don't expect him to play. Zach Evans, because apparently it's against the law for him to play four quarters. They <laughs> they shut him down at halftime because he was nicked up. And Gary Blaine, the turf at Texas Tech, which was a new one. But anyway, <laughs> the the Max Duggan thing, my guess is that since Lincoln Riley did not name a starting quarterback, yes. now Gary Patterson says, okay, two can play that game. I'm not going to name a starting quarterback either. Here's the problem, Gary. I don't think – Lincoln, if you're listening, which I know you are because you got so much time. Yeah. Max or Matthew Downing, respectable young man. I'm sure he's wonderful in the community. A winner in the classroom. Do not watch any tape. You don't need to, <laughs> brother. You don't need to. If if you're if you're putting on a pot of coffee watching Matthew Downing tape, you need help because you got I, real deal problems. It's it really is. I, I this is well, this is a, a story from a while ago, but I actually think it might have involved John Gruden. Um, but they were talking about a story where they went to. Uh, Colts camp one time and they're talking about how like so few reps that the number two quarterback was getting and they're like why don't you give us the twos you know why don't you give that quarterback some reps and mm-hmm. I think that I've heard the coach at the time this says if 18s hurt we're effed and we don't practice f right <laughs> it's like that's that's the kind of like here's the thing like if if you prepare for Max Duggan and because you're not well, afraid of, you're not afraid of Matthew Downing like it's he's not going to beat you it's kind of the same concept Sure. And also, like, if we're going to do this, let's just go all out. Like, let's just put Chandler Moore's revenge game, baby. Like, let's just put Chandler out there and, you know, he can he can go after it. And You know maybe, what you should do is you should you should put or on the depth chart for, like, all four. Like, you know, just all or, four or, or, yeah. whoever's, yeah, whoever's in the program. If you're a quarterback, just put or every position. Um, but would you say – what is the angst level right now of Gary Patterson? Is it down? Because you said he blamed the turf at Texas Tech for something? I would say it was down, but he was angry today at, at the press conference. I don't know why. I mean, he just he seemed he seemed a little testy. I don't know if it's these injuries, um, but yeah, I, I think it's down a little bit. Like he, that was a great game for him. They ran the ball a million times. The defense was a little bit better, um, but overall, I don't really know if you learned anything. I mean, like I'm gonna I'm gonna be a real Karen here. Like I want to speak to the manager because last week I told everybody that all I wanted was Zach Evans to carry the football a million times. And I know that they ran the football a million times, but like, what are we doing? We're, we're going to like a wishbone offense now. Hell yeah. There has to be a balance. Like there has to be a middle ground between ignoring your running backs and then what they did against Texas tech. Uh, but hey, they got a victory. Their offense is still like legitimately good. Yeah, it is. Which and is they got part. and they got to win. And as you said, the defense is really the more glaring issue, which is crazy. Um, but they're still missing some of those interior D linemen. I think Noah Daniels might play at corner this week, which would be helpful. Uh, but the other thing is like for all the talk of through the years about this potential chess match between like Lincoln Riley and Gary Patterson, like offense and defensive minds. I mean, aside from the year like Jalen Hurts was out there and they were able to force a few turnovers, they've really been overmatched. So I, I don't see this defense, you know, finding a way to make it click and being the the team that figures it out. But we'll see. I mean, but you do have a guy who's making his first career start, it appears, with Caleb Williams. And as great as he is, I think there is something to be said about that. All right. We're going to talk about 
the teams that can win the Big 12 championship next. We're, I, I have tiers set up, and I want to get your all's takes on them. But first, word from our sponsors here real quick. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the best place to play daily fantasy for both college and pro, but really only one of the few places that you can play daily fantasy uh, for college. And a lot of book, books don't have lines out over-unders for, or props out during the middle of the week. Prize Picks has them ready to go, you know, for the next week's games on Monday. So check them out. Prize Picks available in most states. You can download it now on the iOS store, Android. Um, you can see if it's available in your state. Use the promo code Locked On when you do so. You'll get a uh, deposit bonus matched up to $100. Once again, that's Prize Picks. Go check them out today. All right, so here's the situation, folks. I made three tiers. Uh, tier one is see you in Dallas, which means basically book your ticket to the to the Big Twelve Championship game. Tier two is the the competitors. There's and there's six of them in there. I think it's six. Uh, it's five of them. Five of them in that one, and then there's the long shots. Probably you know it's over. Uh, Jake, you're gonna get the first crack at this as I show this now because before we hear from the biased folks uh, in the room, I want I want your thoughts on this on on these tiers. Do you think? Are you with me that there there is uh, there are six teams that could play for a Big Twelve championship this year? Yeah, I, I would be with you on that. I do like the fact that you put kind of Oklahoma in its own tier because it looks like they are on their way to playing there in Jerry World. The tier two is very interesting: Oklahoma State, Texas, Iowa State, Baylor, TCU. Yeah, it's a little bit of a dogfight there. So I'm actually with you. I think it, it truly is a six-team race to see who ends up squaring off there in Jerry World. Steven, did I, did I uh, should I have bumped TCU to tier three? Like, or, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that you didn't have them there. Uh, we'll see. It, it's going to take some doing. Like the the issue is you've already taken a loss to Texas. So, I mean, if you lose to OU, that's that's two conference losses, and then basically you have to run the table from there. I don't think it's likely. Um, and then the other the other team that kind of falls in that boat to me, like I think Kansas State is legitimately pretty good, but they've already lost two games. So right. I, I totally understand why they're sitting there in tier three. Um, but, yeah, I think those two teams are kind of in similar situations. Early losses will set you back in a big way. And, look, you guys, remember, I had Kansas State number two in my power rankings a few weeks ago, and, and I was giving them some love. With Skylar Thompson, they're a totally different animal, right? I mean, the – you know, and even with him being banged up, they they gave Oklahoma a really good run uh, in that game. So it's you know that that's the limiting factor there. Uh, John, do you think it's you think it's appropriate to kind of say you know despite the fact that Oklahoma's wins have been as close talked about that we can feel pretty comfortable about them making it to another Big Twelve championship game and playing for a seventh consecutive Big Twelve title? Yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason why not. They're going to get challenged. I mean, the Oklahoma State Baylor game. Uh, Iowa State still on the schedule. TCU, I think, will give them a bit of a dogfight, especially if they try to pound it on the ground a little bit. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I think Oklahoma is the best team in the conference, even though they don't have the the pretty wins. But they're they're they've got one of the best coaches in the conference. Even though they might be going to a true freshman quarterback in Caleb Williams, he's still got a really explosive offense, and he actually unlocked some of that deep down the field passing that has been missing from Oklahoma's offense this, this year and the defense, you know, they're, they're making it work. You know, it's not been pretty each week, but they're making the plays when they need to make the plays. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see who comes in with Oklahoma. Now they're going to, again, they have some challenges, but I'm really excited about some of these matchups. They're going to pit kind of that tier two against each other, especially with, you know, Texas and Oklahoma state this weekend. It's going to be, it's going to be really, really fascinating big 12 schedule. 
Uh, Linda, if I told you that, you know, Oklahoma State would be in this position right now, kind of the leader of Tier 2 at, at that undefeated status uh, at 5-0, and would you – would you have believed me to start the season? Would you was this is this was this your expectation to be at five and zero, or are you uh, a little surprised that they're this they've had this much success? Expectations a bold bold choice for a word because every season I'm always all in on my team. I'm like we got it, Big Twelve championships. Like it doesn't matter. It we had so much turnover. There was a lot on offense, like a lot of questions to be answered. And once we unlocked Jalen Warren and, and Tay Martin got healthy and was on the field with uh, Spencer Sanders, they've really kind of helped open up the offense, which was definitely a concern uh, during non-conference games. I think I, I think I'm partly surprised that we're five and zero because some of the wins have not come in the most beautiful fashion, but now that I'm, I've seen our defense play against some of these Big 12 teams. The I, I knew our defense was going to be good. They're better than I thought they were going to be. And now that the offensive line is playing consistently and they're all healthy and it's all starters, they're getting better every game. So uh, I'm not surprised to see them at the top of Tier 2. And I think they really do have a chance to still be undefeated when they face Oklahoma. So... So I think the, the one team that we're not talking about is Iowa State. I think it's the one team that right now feels like they've been left out of this. And the the one reason I bring them up is their schedule is very tenable the rest of the way. Um, there really isn't a stretch of games for them that that you know it's not they don't really have like a murderer's row set of games. Um, it's all pretty doable for them. And to me, I know their game against Kansas was a result where. We, we saw that coming, but I think they did, they did kind of work some things out in that game and they're on the road this week against Kansas state, a team they thumped last year. It's another game. If, if they can kind of replicate their last offensive performance against um, Kansas state, they'll be in good shape. The one thing I would say is that they had to finish drives better than they did in that Baylor game. And that's someone that Oklahoma did really well last, last week uh, is that, yeah, last week was when Kansas State kind of squeezed the game and said, hey, you've got this many possessions. Oh, you capitalized. The question for, for Iowa State, in my opinion, is can they do the same thing here moving forward? Uh, John, as as kind of the guy who covers the team as, as the leader in the clubhouse right now, which team in that, group, that second tier scares you the most? And obviously now Texas, you guys have already played them, so I guess they kind of fall off. But which team in that second tier – kind of gives you the most uh, pause or worry? Well, no, no disrespect to the, the folks out in Stillwater um, and, and Linda, but it's not the I Cowboys. I already feel disrespected. Um, I already yeah, feel and, it. I mean, anytime you say no disrespect, there's some disrespect. You know it's coming. coming. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you know, the defense is legit for sure. I just don't think that they have enough offensive firepower to keep up with Oklahoma. But Iowa State and Baylor, Absolutely. I think they both bring really strong defensive units. They bring really good offensive playmakers. Uh, you know, Brees Hall's my guy. He's he's my dude. Next to Kennedy Brooks, he's probably my favorite running back in the country to watch. Uh, you know, Jerry Bohannon or Gary Bohannon, he's having a fantastic season for Baylor um, just out of nowhere. And you still got Dave Aranda's defense coming to town as well. And so I think those are the two teams that still give me a little bit of pause. I think Iowa State's a good team. And, you know, they've, they've had some ugly losses. That Iowa game obviously looks a lot better every time Iowa steps on the field. But 
yeah, they're they're legit still, and I think they're still a legit threat to the Big Twelve crown. And then I, I want to go outside the Big Twelve here real fast and, and ask you this, Jake. I mean, you know, covering a team in BYU, like the conversations around how these teams have to, you know, what they have to do to make the playoff. What does it have to look like? Are you buying the Cincinnati conversation that they have to basically do what they did to Temple to everybody to make the playoff? Because I am not buying that. Okay, maybe not what they have to do to the Temple, but I do think they need to rack up style points. They, mm. The fact that they're already at three, though, is a very advantageous position for them to be in. We all know that the rankings that are really going to matter come out November 2nd uh, with the first official college football playoff rankings. We'll see where they check in there. But the good news is is they have taken advantage of teams falling in front of them, and if they continue to win, there's absolutely a conversation to be had that they will be in the mix there. And I'm getting – and this is just an aside. I'm getting very much 2007 wackiness vibes from this 2021 season so far. So if it continues this way, there's no reason to think that Cincinnati will not be in it till the end. Yeah, okay. my – uh, yeah, my my one concern about this, everybody's mentioned 2007, with the because because with the current playoff format, I, I feel like this is we're going to end up with with the four team with four teams that we normally get, but they're all going to have one loss. That's kind of where I'm at. Because here's the thing, I feel like at this point in time, I'm not sure if anybody's watched a recent Ohio State football game. Um, that is not the same team that played Oregon. They are an absolute machine, and everybody was crapping on CJ Stroud. We get way too impatient in the sport. Look where he is now. He's incredibly efficient. Travion Henderson is fantastic. They've got the best receiving core in the country with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I mean, they're firing all cylinders, and their defense appears to have gotten a little bit better too. So it feels like they're in a good spot. Alabama and Georgia, I mean, Bama's going to – look, if Bama can run the table, all it's going to come down to can they beat Georgia, right? And uh, that's going to be the situation. So, you know, one of those two probably gets in. Oklahoma feels – it feels like we're going to get – maybe Oklahoma or a big 12 rep, they can get it up to that point. Um, But it does leave space. I feel like there is space for one other team to get in there. It feels like because that, that Alabama loss, the door might be a bit more open now for somebody else to step in because um, the worst case scenario for all of us, for people who like fun is Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game because Georgia's Georgia is going to be safe at that point. Uh, I think we all feel like that. George is probably going to be safe, and that would be the worst-case scenario. Uh, anybody anybody disagree with that? Like That's the worst-case scenario, people who like fun? Yeah, that'd be the worst thing to, uh, to happen yeah. for the Cincinnati Bearcats, I think, is uh, – Or people who like fun. Or, or chaos. Like fun, John. Yeah. yeah, or people who like fun. But I, I could also see a situation where that happens and it leaves a Big 12 team out if Oklahoma – ends up dropping one at some point down the, down the road, you know, even if it's a undefeated Oklahoma state team. <laughs> when I like that. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to hear one more word from our sponsors. And then we're, I'm going to ask you guys what you're looking forward to the most this weekend outside of your team. So everybody to be thinking about that, what you like the most this weekend, not just in the conference, anywhere outside of your team's game this weekend. But first word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by, Built Bar. Go to built.com today. You can check out all of their available flavors now, which there are many to choose from. They're all covered in chocolate. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. It's also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to built.com today. It's built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, 
for 15% off today at built.com. All right, Stephen, outside of TCU, Oklahoma, what are you looking forward to the most this week in college football? Man, that's a good question. You know, like I, I will take the obvious one here and say that even though I think ultimately it probably won't be a super close game, I want to see Kentucky and their wacky offense against Georgia and, and the death machine defense that they have um, just to see if they can find any foothold. Does anybody in the SEC East challenge, you know, the dogs with, with that great team they have? And then Big 12-wise, a sicko's pick, Kansas, Texas Tech, baby. Like, let's go. Let's get it going. Uh, Tech looked really, really bad last weekend at home against TCU. Uh, Are you hinting this might be Kansas's chance to get that second win? I mean, it seems almost too obvious, right? Like, this this is the one that you think, so they end up getting blown out. Uh, but, yeah, like Lance Leipold, I don't know. If they can run the football, which is something that everyone's been able to do against Tech so far, then then maybe this is their best chance left on the schedule. I mean – Matt Wells could have gone from, you know, like this past Saturday, potentially a chance to go five and one. And it'd be this Saturday with like, you know, I mean, you might as well sell the house at that point, right? You might, yeah. that, that's kind of the situation would be. Uh, John, what are you looking forward to outside of Oklahoma and TCU? Yeah, Cincinnati UCF. That's the, the previous uh, AAC darling uh, taking on the current AAC darling. And if Cincinnati is able to, to, earn some style points. I think that'll, that that's going to be a win that resonates a little bit. You know, UCF may not be the team that it was a few years back, but it's still kind of a national brand amongst the group of five. Yeah. No Dylan Gabriel for them, which has made it more difficult for Gus Malzahn. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. It would definitely resonate. Uh, Jake, what about you? Okay. Well, you, you been brought up like the, the sickos game of the week. I got one out this way that I'm looking forward to Arizona and Colorado. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Colorado obviously has the background in the Big 12 before jumping ship and going to the Pac-12. So there is a little bit of interest there. That game is in Boulder. Uh, man, that one sucks. That, so bad. that one's got some uh, interesting thoughts because the offenses for both those teams are absolutely putrid. And Jordan McLeod, the Arizona starter, who'd actually kind of jolted their offense. Well, what does he go out and do? Gets ankle and knee injuries that knock him out for the season. So Way to go, Arizona. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And a game I'm looking forward to, I just I, I want to see it, is Oklahoma State versus Texas. I'm intrigued. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, I don't know how many people out there know, but he actually was a quarterback at BYU. So Cougar fans have a vested interest in watching him as a head coach. I think they all want to see if Texas is legit. And uh, I, I just think the whole thing with Oklahoma State is if that defense is as good as advertised and if Jalen Warren can run it as well as he's run it this year, there's no reason to think that they can't knock Texas down a rung and really establish themselves as maybe the number two team behind Oklahoma. All right, Linda. Yeah, I'm going to um, give one back to Jake. I'm excited for the Baylor BYU game. I think getting like a sneak preview of what the big 12 is going to be in the future is, is really huge for the big 12 now after all of the shaky ground we've stood on for the last uh, several months. So I'm really excited to see that game. If it's a really good game, if it ends up being kind of a knockdown drag out fight, then it would, you know, spawn some, some rivalry and, and that's what the big 12 needs. So I'm excited to watch that game. Hey, Baptist versus Mormons, baby. Let's go. <laughs> that, that, oh is, that is true. We, we deserve Mormons. that. That's all I'm that saying. Is, 
zero chance that gets billed as the holy war it does say it's the real holy war right it's the, it's the, it's the new holy war that's well, what it's gonna be there have been when notre dame and byu have matched up in the past people have said that's the true holy war but you know what you can just kind of throw it around tcu at some right. point when they square off again right. yeah. we'll have some fun no i mean i mean more from like a pr perspective all right friends i'm gonna go to um to old miss at tennessee i want to i want to hear everybody's I, guess I want to hear what the, everybody's guess is for the over-under. Jake, what's your guess for the over-under of this game? Ooh. Man, I don't even know where to begin with that one. Uh, is, I mean, with their offense, it's, it's... Give me 46. 46? Uh, all right, Linda. Man. I'm going to go 55 and a half. Okay. Uh, all right, John. I feel like these first two have been kind of low, so I feel like I got to go go real high on the Price is Right guess here, and that's going to be uh, eighty-one and a half. Woo! All right, Steve. Okay, ninety. All right, all right. <laughs> that, you. I'll tell you what. You were closer than the first two guesses. It's eighty-two. Oh, it's okay. eighty. Ding, ding. Eighty-two points is the is the over. So I, I'm looking. Uh, I am definitely looking at that game. I guess the new rule is we're all going to have to give a. Uh, a sicko's pick. This one is a like sicko fan base pick. This is this this not really sicko's general. Um, LSU Florida. LSU is a disaster, but they were a disaster last year. And who they beat last year in Florida. a Florida in an infamous game. And if I like, I think I don't like Dan Mullen, but he's a good football coach. Um, if they lose this game, though, I already saw. I think our friends from Lockdown Gators asked this week. Who is on board of a hot seat, Urban Meyer or uh, Dan Mullen, which I thought was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. No offense to those guys over there, but I mean, come on now. Dan Mullen in trouble. The, the fans will will perpetuate that if they lose this game to LSU, this version of LSU. Um, I don't think it happens. And even if they did lose a game, I would say it's okay to have it off here. It's okay. Uh, Dan Mullen's still a good coach, but that one is going to – somebody's fan base is going to be so angry after that game, which is which we love to see. Uh, all right, that will do it for the show. Everybody, plug your stuff. Jake, you are first, my friend. Uh, follow Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feeds at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, follow Locked On Cougars wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Linda. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. The show page is at Locked underscore on underscore pokes. And you can find us on Facebook at Locked On Pokes. Uh, all right, John. Yeah, the show is Locked On Sooners on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on Facebook, Locked On Sooners podcast, and you can also read about the Sooners at the Sooners Wire. And then Stephen. Show is uh, at Locked On TCU on Twitter. I'm at Simcox Stephen. Show is not on Facebook. Take that, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at LO Big 12 on Twitter. You can find me personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find Locked on Big 12 on YouTube and Stitcher, Spotify, and our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All right, friends, till next week. See you guys. Bye, Josh.